0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode number 22 of Starting to Know Business Podcast with your host, with your friend, Ishu Singh. In this episode, we will be talking to CEO of a conversational AI product named as Clink. C-L-I-N-C. Clink is a conversational AI product that is being used by some of the big banks in this world. So not only in America, but in this world. So we will be meeting with John Newhart. John is a CEO of Clink. He's having decades of experience. So if you think that you want to learn something today from this episode, keep on listening to this podcast episode and you're going to learn a ton. If you are listening to this podcast for the very first time here, we always learn from amazing people, from amazing companies, from amazing journeys and becoming better ourselves in launching our products, launching our businesses and growing it together. So keep on learning and keep on pushing harder. If you're listening to this podcast for the second, third time, come on, you know the drill. You know you got to leave me a review. Go to iTunes, give me a five-star review with awesome feedback. Please, wink, wink. So go on to Stitcher if you're listening to this podcast on Stitcher or if you listen to the podcast, any other podcast as well. If you listen to this podcast as well on Stitcher, give me a five star review there as well please that will mean a lot and that will help me to bring more guests because right now there is no motivation behind this podcast more than serving you so in if i am serving you i don't know i'm not looking at stats that much yeah i look at the stat in terms of number but i don't know you and i can only know you if you can leave me a review then i can i can I can listen to your stories, what you're learning, what you're not learning, what should I improve. And this podcast can become much better with your review. If you want to learn more about me, about the things that I'm doing, go to issuesing.com. I-S-H-U-S-I-N-G-H dot com, issuesing.com. You can learn everything about me there, almost everything. So you have all the social channels there. You can click and go there. I am on YouTube as well with the same name. Issue Singh. keep on listening, and without further ado, let's welcome John. Hi, John. Welcome to the pod.
1: Thank you. It's, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. John, what is Clink?
1: So Clink is uh, the leader in conversational AI. So if you think about it, um, you know all the things that uh, that humans do to interact or, uh, with customers on behalf of a business. Ah, uh, click and automate a whole lot of that, and have a very consistent experience across those interactions.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of a uh, chatbot that we see on websites, or is this something else? It,
1: um, it's a, it's a bit of that. It's actually a, a bit more sophisticated than a, a, a chatbot uh, in that way, in the sense of like, i um, it really um, you know I've got Alexa uh, at home, and uh, I've got Erica with Bank of America. It's a very Um, you you can tell it to go do things. It's a very simple uh, interaction. And chatbots are much the same. The the Clink uh, capabilities are a bit more complex in that it really acts uh, very much as if there was a human in the room with you. So one of the things like when you and I discuss things, uh, we can sit there and go. Actually, you know, when you when you talk to me about what's Clink, I should tell you about this other thing. Mm-hmm. And you intuitively know what I'm talking about because you're a human. And that's the way that you understand speech. Clink mm-hmm. does the exact same thing. So you mm-hmm. can say, you know, for instance, if it's a bank customer, you can say, um, "How much money do I have in my account?" Okay, I'm going to go pay my bill. Wait a minute. How how much money am I going to have after this this uh, uh, this deposit hits or this bill hits? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can kind of go back and forth like that as you can, as people normally do in conversation mm-hmm. and, uh, the, the, uh, conversational AI understands it as a human. Word.
0: Wow. This is amazing. And do you think like conversational AI is accessible to businesses of all sizes nowadays? As I don't know, like I'm, I'm there was, this was my next question. Like I wanted to ask you, like. Uh, are you catering to only big giants like banks and all other uh, b- bigger businesses, enterprise level, or you are catering to smaller businesses as well?
1: So right now, most of the work that we're doing are with larger businesses, mm-hmm. um, and part of it is, hey, we're uh, we're a startup, we're just under a hundred people, and so mm-hmm. you can't you can't be everything to everyone when you start mm-hmm. out, and so we're going, um, you know, trying to attack the largest and most complex problems. Mm-hmm. Improves the tech. It's frankly more lucrative, and allows us to go ahead and scale downward rather than uh, move upward, like a SQL server or Salesforce. Frankly, mm-hmm. um, but you're right in that um, this is this is this ought to be ubiquitous. Um, I'm uh, in my early 50s, and I've been mm-hmm. in the technology space for uh, for most of my time on the planet, and so um, I have to admit this is the largest market opportunity I've ever seen in my life um, because it's how we interact as humans with technology period. Um, So, you know, the user interface over my lifetime has gone from like a keyboard, you know, to an iPhone, which is, you know, keyboardish or point and click or whatever. um, And now is morphing to voice. And um, at least for the moment, clicks at the forefront uh, of both the technology and the enablement of that voice, which is pretty exciting stuff
0: hmm. Mm-hmm. So like you are first catering to the bigger companies and banks and if they can accept the technology or if they can leverage the power of your product, of course, it's going to be beneficial for, uh, I would say, the startups or lower end to mid-level businesses, right?
1: That's correct. correct.
0: Yeah. And talking about like there are other products as well, um, like I was referring to chatbots, some are having sophisticated AI. Some are not having that much sophisticated AI. Uh, I'm not familiar with the the power of your AI. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it's all about the power of AI or the product itself. Like, it's sometimes it's 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 design intent as well. Like, sometimes it's not related with purely AI. There are many other things around it as well. So, do you think that the in your product? Or in the whole industry, like the conversational AI is the main thing, or there are other things around it as well, which makes a lot of successful. No, that, that's
1: an excellent. That's an excellent question. So I think um, there's a number of things there. So I'll, I'll try and deconstruct it because that, that's a, that's actually a phenomenal question. So specific to the conversational AI, right? Um, AI is a bunch of things, and it tends to get buzzwordy fast. So I'll, I'll keep it, you know, super super simple. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a part of AI which is really sort of a, a data science piece, so how do you collect data, how do you curate data, um, how do you model data, how do you QA it, right? All those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another piece which says, um, how do you use it very effectively to go do stuff? Um, in the case of conversational AI, that stuff is um, engage in human-like conversations. Um, and take care of customer problems, right? And and so there's a self-service aspect of that that could be a transactional aspect of that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So um, um, from uh, Clint's perspective, you know, there's a whole lot in the algorithm. Uh, We've got about uh, uh, a dozen and a half patents just on the algorithm itself, Mm -hmm. Um, and some, you know, pretty sophisticated uh, uh, research and doctoral theses and and so on um, that basically power that algorithm. We have another, you know, uh, just shy a dozen patents all around the collection, curation, QAing of the data. Um, So those pieces beyond just the AI part are actually really, really important for uh, the conversational AI. But there's two other pieces sort of in the ecosystem that I think are important. One is um, making sure that uh, the IT ecosystem is sort of um, AI ready, Mm -hmm. meaning You know, um, how the enterprise architecture is set up, how uh, data is collected, you know, how how data can potentially potentially be uh, Mm -hmm. uh, collected. It goes beyond conversational AI, mind you, but um, that's an important piece. Mm -hmm. And then the second is, you know, other things you can go use for consumer insights. So for the moment, most of our use cases have been around, I'm a customer, I'm going to call into bank x right instead of or using my digital app i'll use it as a voice-based sort of thing Um, i'm going to go interact with say a u.s bank i'm going to go ahead and uh, get some information about my account do a couple transactions um, Mm -hmm. because i can talk about five times faster than i can type Mm -hmm. my my skills in particular for typing probably like seven (laughs) regardless um and so um so as a result of that i can go ahead and engage uh um, but it's me, as the customer that decides to engage. It's also potentially interesting. There's um, uh, so, as a, for instance, uh, Bank of Montreal is doing some really interesting things with um, being able to forecast issues with uh, customer accounts. Mm-hmm. They've built um, other AI within the bank to kind of predict uh, that hey, you may you may run out of cash in eight days, and you're not going to get paid till day ten, right? Mm-hmm. Just to kind of inform you and you know, kind of give you a heads up. And there's no reason why those interactions couldn't also be primarily voice. Because mm-hmm. if you know that you're gonna run out of money, you may wanna take action, like transfer from your savings to your checking account. Um, mm-hmm. There's no reason why you couldn't do that with voice. So um, we're to your point where uh, the ecosystem matters a lot, mm-hmm. and we're still in early days. And I think part of what's really super interesting about the space is because um, it's nascent and you know, business processes are really important to use tech. Mm-hmm. Um, how businesses are thinking about it today um, are super interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome! And before before I ask you any other question, like I wanted to ask you, like who came up with this awesome product idea? Who's the who's the mind behind it?
1: So, Clink um, was actually started by um, a handful of uh, computer science PhDs. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, two of them came out of the University of Virginia, um, and the rest of them came out of the University of Michigan. Um, but actually, uh, the ones that came out of UVA, University of Virginia, were also professors at University of Michigan. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of um, academic research into conversational AI, um, which you know, was the foundation of Clink. Um, so um, so mm-hmm. truly cutting edge stuff um and that's that's the, again that's the that's from once it comes
0: john like uh, one thing i wanted to ask you what do you think like uh, what is the one basic problem that conversational ai solves what is the most important is that the time is that the money to the banks or the businesses that are going to use the conversational ai products what is the one basic thing that this product solves
1: so I think it, it depends on if it's the perspective of the consumer or the uh, perspective of the company. From a company perspective, um, it's a much cheaper way to interact. It's mm-hmm. literally pennies on the dollar against uh, a call center or, or you know a bank branch, which frankly, you know, at least here south of the border, are mm-hmm. harder to do with banks being closed. Um, from a consumer's perspective, um, interacting with technology by voice is a whole lot easier and a whole lot more intuitive Mm -hmm. um and frankly for uh some customers um you know for instance like us bank was very thoughtful in making sure that the design worked for the visually impaired Mm -hmm. um it's the only way to go and engage with the technology right so um um i know i mean no no offense to my parents but um they're in their mid 70s so like on-phone apps compared to voice is, you know, uh, voice is much more intuitive to them also, right? So it's another way to bridge digital divides uh, by using voice. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Okay. Got it. And do you think, uh, is there any number or are there any numbers that you can share with us in terms of investment you have raised or maybe in terms of number of conversations, happening within a day using your product or any number that you want to share?
1: So some of our deployments um, are getting fairly large, fairly fast. So mm-hmm. an example is um, U.S. Bank, mm-hmm. um, which is the fifth largest bank um, here in the States. Um, they rolled out, uh, they started working with Clink in October of, uh, or they started their deployment actually more accurately in October of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, they they rolled out to their customers. They were going to do a phase rollout starting in July. They started rolling out in July. Um, uh, they actually uh, finished their project early, um, which again is a rarity for any kind of large IT product. I should have bought a lottery ticket or something, I think. But they're out to six million users. We have a bank in using Clink in Turkey, it was an early adapter, the bank's called Ishbank second largest bank in Turkey, and they're out to uh, a couple million of users as well. Um, so again, from a scalability perspective, we're in the realm of the quite scalable. The thing that we measure the most mm-hmm. in conversational AI is the, the concept of a containment rate. Mm-hmm. Containment rate says, I, um, I start engaging with uh, conversational AI, I wanna go ahead and accomplish a handful of things was I able to accomplish those handful of things, or did I have to stop and call the call center, or did I abandon what it is that I was trying to go do? So you can go capture this. Obviously, as part of the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, the, a reasonable chatbot type experience. So think about a uh, you know Alexa, uh, you know chatbot you'd see on a website, uh, Erica on Bank of America. It's kind of in the mid 30s, so 35%, give or take, depending on the experience, is um, a typical containment rate. You can get about, you know, most people, you know, a third of what people start, they can get done. Um, the rates that we're seeing range from about the low 90s to the mid 90s, so 92 to 95 or so mm-hmm. uh, percent containment rates, um, which is a significant improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, again, goes to some of the uh, design precepts, some of the, frankly, some of the patents that we have. and uh, and, and the you know some of the rigor behind uh, the algorithm and the people that started the company um, mm. allows for really high containment rates and and again that's got benefits from customer sat and benefits from lower opex for the for the banks that uses.
0: This is pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, like as you're having too much experience, I won't say that there is no, never too much experience. You can always keep on learning. And this podcast is also about that. Like, I wanted to ask you, like, what do you think, what does it take to build a world-class company as you're building Clink?
1: So awesome question. I'm a big believer that um, it's sort of a, it's a Jim Collins problem, meaning that like you start by building a great team. Mm -hmm. So you figure out who, who you want um, as part of that team. So, I was fortunate that, like um, particularly on the tech side of things, Clink had just you know the, the talent level of the tech people at Clink were off the charts um, mm-hmm. I, I joke that um, i'm one of the few people walking the halls with the first name of doctor right? so mm-hmm. uh, so that's super helpful um, and then part of it becomes like who do you who do you need to recruit in order to go ahead and scale so that's that's sort of the first place I start looking is you know. Uh, what's the team that can go ahead and drive and you you want to get the team in place um i'm not a hockey player but it's kind of like where the puck is going to go as opposed to where it is meaning like i want the management team that can take us to a that, that's ready for 100 million dollars mm-hmm. uh even though we're you know um off that right so i want to build the team for five years from now or something right
2: mm-hmm.
1: um that's the first thing um i think the second thing is uh, I'm an enterprise software guy by background. And I think one of the things that's super interesting for me is, you know, I come with a bunch of frameworks, having been around the block a bit. Um, the, the folks that were bringing in with the experience um, have some, some things that have worked for them in the past.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because of the data piece for AI, there's always a piece to our solution that's a bit bespoke. Right. So the types of conversations bank X wants versus bank Y are sometimes the same and sometimes different. And so part of that is like, you know, enterprise software is built on building once and selling to lots of folks. Um, so as a result of, you know, the data piece and the, and the, um, the, uh, and sort of the bespokeness of that experience, Part of it is how do you tweak the frameworks that you have that you use to build a great company in the past to fit this new era of artificial intelligence where data is so important? And in fairness, part of it is, you know, I think some of that I've started to work out, and there's other pieces where I'm like, huh, I'm not exactly sure what the right answer is in this particular situation mm-hmm. in order to scale really effectively, right? And part of it is then you become you know, you get back to that stereotype of let's try something. If it works, whether it works or not, let's go learn quickly from what we've done and -hmm. continue to go ahead and tweak the model. And if you try something that totally doesn't work, abandon it for for another idea, right? And so as long as, you know, it's one of the phenomenal things about technologies that allows us to continue to grow um, and learn as humans. Mm -hmm. This is one of those things personally for myself that I just find fascinating. Definitely engages all those, you know, learning, growing, human being parts of myself.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you so much for a great insight and thank you so much. Like it's, it's really important that people should also learn from, from such experienced person as you. So yeah, thank you for that. As we were talking about banks, we use the word bank many times as your customers is also um, many of the banks. So I wanted to ask you like the next iteration of AI at banks, what does it look for the customers? I guess let's
1: let's let's start with the um, appropriate level of humility. Of um, I don't know for certain, um, mm-hmm. right? So uh, I've got a sense of where some things are heading. I think where things get super interesting is where um, different types of AI can work together. Um, so I think about like again the example that I use with uh, uh, BMO of being able to predict customer behavior
2: mm-hmm. and
1: having. Um, conversational AI instead of being customer-driven, sometimes being corporate-driven, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And using other insights. Um, If technology is working really effectively, one would hope that there's a force multiplier in such things, meaning that, you know, know, a bank installs Clink and they get a, a high ROI, hooray for them, Mm-hmm. They install another type of AI to get the customer insights, and they get a high ROI, right, for them. But the combination of these things is really wh- where digital transformation lies, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I do think the, um, you know, um, I forget whose quip this is. It's probably a good quip, um, uh, because I can't remember <laughs> the, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the genesis of it. But the banks are effectively brands, technology stacks, and assets, right? Mm-hmm. But if you think of, you know, if you're a TD bank or, you know, uh, pick your favorite bank, um, that's all you're, all you are really. And so a new, you know, some of these new digital startups, they have a brand and they have a newer technology stack. They just don't have the assets. And so the race will be, can the old line banks like a TD bank, right? Or, you know, a you know, pick your favorite one in the States too, or, you know, in UK or France or wherever, Mm -hmm. can they become, uh, can they do their digital transformation faster than, you know, a Robin Hood or other digital bank can go grab enough assets, right? Mm -hmm. That's, that's, that to me, I think is a super interesting thing. And it's, it's, and I think COVID has been a net accelerator of that because otherwise, you know, banks just can't service their customers like if the banks are closed right and the mm-hmm. whole time become obnoxious which they rapidly were in you know kind of april you either need to digitally transform your bank or accept that some number of your customers will be dissatisfied and leave
0: so yeah true. that's interesting true true and uh john like this is really interesting for me as as you were talking like i was i was also thinking about this topic so some of the ai products are trained from company point, like if you are having your AI product, you are going to train your AI in order to become better. But in some products, uh, the if the customer or the user is interacting with the AI, AI becomes better with that. So what is applicable in your case? Like is AI being trained by you or the users are, if users are giving any kind of input to the AI, then AI is getting trained in that manner?
1: So, um, yeah, we, uh, in our implementations, it's very typical that we will, uh, train the algorithms with, with, uh, with data. And and again, how we do that is proprietary and, uh, probably won't share the details on here. Um, mm-hmm. and then, but over time to your point, it's, uh, you know, there isn't because it's AI, it does tend to get smarter over time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, uh, if we've designed the models well, then it's getting from like, you know, 92% to 97%, not like 40 to 66. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So we're getting small increases with uh, with real user data. Mm -hmm. To me, the really interesting thing is, um, and I think Ishbank in Turkey does a really nice job of this. Mm -hmm. They look at like, so if we have a containment rate of, you know, 95%, 5% of the things aren't getting answered, Mm -hmm. right, and they have a very methodical uh, process where they go, well, what wasn't answered, right? Mm -hmm. And let's go build um, an additional model to answer those things, right? Mm -hmm. It's what what customers want, but we haven't built just yet. And the beautiful thing about AI is now you have the data of what fell out Mm -hmm. and and you can use that in addition to the AI learning, how to get better about the models you've built. Mm -hmm. You can get smart as a customer about, and these are the models we should build. And that also is super interesting. Mm
0: Okay, okay, and John, like one question out of uh, like out of Clink, like I wanted to ask you, like I was a little bit curious about this, like I was thinking um, in my own products as well, like uh, what is gonna happen in AI part? AI, according to me, is artificial intelligence. Maybe a kind of a kiddish kind of question, but still I want to ask you, like artif, it is still an artificial intelligence. So, what do you think? Like humans are also evolving in terms of what is gonna come next they always have some kind of new input for any AI product. So uh, the human brain is also evolving every every single day. Do you think that uh, AI can anytime overpower human intelligence or uh, you think that the human intelligence is going to be on the top? Like some people are having different kind of perceptions. Some say that, okay, AI is going to be so much powerful because it's not collecting the data from one uh, person. It is collecting data from millions of users. So what do you think about it? Power of AI and the human intelligence.
1: So there's some things that I think AI will do better than humans. Mm-hmm. And some things that I think that humans are likely to be, um, a lot better than, uh, um, than AI. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, von Neumann, who is an early theorist about, um, uh, artificial intelligence, um, Long before Watson beat um, Kasparov theorized that um, uh, computers would be able to beat humans at chess because chess is really just a a factorial math problem, right? The different Mm. uh, paths you can go ahead and take. And that basically computers would be better able to do that than humans would be able to do. Um, uh, Similarly, I was on a um, Harvard Business School had a a webinar two weeks ago where they showed artificial intelligence um, producing sort of a fake, Ah, uh, Rembrandt, right? Mm-hmm. Just basically by taking all the permutations of like what a what a Rembrandt character would look like, um the light, which is very distinct in a Rembrandt painting, et cetera, and sort of fooling a human that like that's a real Rembrandt. Mm-hmm. Um, by contrast, um, Google has put a ton of money into driving cars, mm-hmm. which require people to which requires judgment, and computers are not very good at judgment, mm-hmm. so you know part of this like you know if it's a brave new world or whatever mm-hmm. um i don't see a scenario and maybe my, my vision is limited i don't see a scenario where computers are going to be able to do better at judgment mm-hmm. um than people are but i think the you know if we do everything accurately uh, or, and, and ethically the right answer will be human, to your point of evolution humans will be, be able to make better decisions with better data, we'll be able to exercise better judgment with the insights that they're getting from from uh, uh, technology inclusive of AI.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, I got it. Like an in, interesting perspective from your point of view as well. Yeah, I agree because humans are not only, they are not taking one directional input. Like if they are listening, they are not only listening. They might be, um, they might be interpreting what is other person saying in what manner or like what is the reason behind saying that maybe if the person is front of other person, maybe the, the human is reading the expressions, maybe the, the, the body language and other things. And AI, I think uh, is one directional. If you don't, if you're not using a robot that can you, uh, that can see the gestures and other, other things as well. So yeah, interesting perspective. And um, John, where can we learn more about you and your business? So um,
1: uh, we're updating our website, but uh, it's still clink.com is still the, probably the, the, the best place to go. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who've got access as well, um, you know, using a um, a Clink customer. Um, so if you're in the, in the US, for instance, I think US Bank has done a phenomenal job. Uh, they're not the only one, mind you, but uh, um, they, they're a more recent one and a very thoughtful one of implementing Clink. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's another thing too. There's nothing like using the, the software to, uh, to really get a sense as to some of the things that can go do. So, um, those would be my two, the two places to go, I think. Okay. And obviously listening to this podcast.
0: <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so I'll much for a plug. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, uh, John, for coming to the pod. It means a lot. Thank you. Thank you. I've enjoyed, I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation.
2: Thank you for the thoughtful questions.